guys, welcome back to Redeem Podcast, The Encounter. Today we are going to be talking about trial versus temptation. I'm here with Danny, uh, Jenny, and Joab, and we're going to have a good time. Hopefully, uh, you guys join us in this good time because we for sure will be. Um, so uh, I guess we should start. The first thing is like um, we always confuse trial and t- temptation, right? We we're like, oh, I'm being tempted, or oh, I'm going through a trial, but it's a temptation. We don't know the difference, and I think. Um, knowledge is power guys like we have to understand the things that are, are put in front of us and how we can deal with it because if we don't really understand your circumstance how would you know how to fix it how would you know how to find a solution for it uh so i think that the best way or this is how i like to learn is through example so let's talk a little bit about a couple of stories that you guys have heard especially on this podcast a lot um so first let's talk about temptation and temptation we can see like super clearly with david and Bathsheba. he's you know hanging out looking around he should be at war right with the rest of his people but he was like no nah, I'm not going to go this time. I'm going to stay. And what happens? He sees Bathsheba out in the showers and he's just like, Wowski, that woman looks like, you know, she's, she's mine. Right. And so he, he goes to the length of trying to hide that he fell into temptation by uh, bringing back her husband, who was Uriah, right? Because she got pregnant. Um, and he tries to tell him, like, hey, you know, go home to your wife, you know, sleep with her, you deserve it. And Uriah doesn't, he doesn't budge. And it's like God saying, like, no, nah, no, nah, you can't hide your sin. I'm going to expose you, right? And until the fact that um, David's like, okay, like, there's just no other way. We're going to have to kill Uriah so then I can keep a Sheba. But what's happening there? He was tempted. He saw with his eyes. He liked what he saw. And in Instead of fleeing, instead of going the other way, what did he do? He went for it. Mm -hmm. And now let's look at a trial. A trial would be David and Saul. David is promised the kingdom, right? I don't know if you guys heard our last podcast. Uh, And if you did, even better, because you guys will be more um, uh, acclimated to the story. Um, But David is promised the kingdom, right? And um, he meets Saul, and at first, things are peachy, rosy, amazing. And then all of a sudden, Saul starts to feel jealous of him and starts to persecute him, saying, like, no, I got to kill this guy because he can't take my kingdom. The kingdom has to be mine. See there? We see that there's a trial. He's being persecuted. It's following him. Uh, he's having a hard time. But at the end, there's a promise. At the end, um, it, and at the end, if you persevere, if you do things right, if you go through this trial correctly, if you walk by faith, not by sight, if you trust God, then God is there to reward you, right? Versus temptation, there's no reward at that. Well, I mean, I guess if you don't do temptation, then God is like high five, you know? Um, but I, I guess that's like the first thing I wanted to clear up. And I hope that makes sense, right? Um, and one more thing that I wanted to say that I know um, you guys have the verse for you. Um, maybe one of you guys can read it. Is that God does not tempt. God is not the one who tempts. Um, and we can read this in the verse. You guys want to go? Yeah. Um, it's in James 1, 13 through 15. And it says, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. And that's literally what happened with um, David and Bathsheba, right? We see that his sin absolutely ended, not only in the death of Uriah, whom he killed, but also in the death of his of his son with Bathsheba, right? Um, he asked God, like, hey, please, like, don't kill my son. And God says, like, I'm oh, sorry, bro. You still got to pay. Uh, and the son dies, right? It ends in death. And not only that, but spiritual death, right? David was not even aware of what he had done until the prophet Nathan, Nathan, right? Yes. Yeah, Nathan. The prophet Nathan tells him, like, yo, this is you. You're the one that I'm talking about. Uh, you, wanna- you know what's interesting is that uh, sin has, like, a... Well, temptation has like a like a snowball effect. 
like you throw the snowball and then it grows it grows it gets mm. bigger it's bigger it started with him uh looking at uh Bichiba bathing on the roof and then after it to killing someone to murder mm. so and then that's where god was like no i gotta cut it off so yeah i just want to point out that that sin or temptation it, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse if you don't cut it off at the root and you know what it could have been worse um but god had mercy on on david and he sent a prophet to to make him open his eyes because like you're saying the snowball sometimes gets so big you don't even know where you yeah, are anymore yeah, exactly. you can't see what's going on you're kind of rolling with the snowball right mm-hmm. and you're just like oh, okay i'm gonna go along but god is merciful and he comes and he tells us now imagine david would have been like nah that's not me god i don't know what you're talking about like no i didn't do that no 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 then he wouldn't have had mercy right but because he tore his clothes and he said like yes that's me lord like he had no excuses guys honestly david he made some big mistakes but like the way he always accepted the what god had to say about him like god would be like you're this he'd be like yes you're right no excuses no nothing this is who i am i'm sorry and that that is the that is the the attitude we need to have if we're tempted and we fall into our temptation not try to excuse ourselves. Uh, it's always funny, right? We remember what Franchi said during her, her preaching. Excuses are for losers. I agree. And, and <laughs> it, they really are, guys. And it's our human nature to try to excuse ourselves. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if anybody and, else wants to say. And I think another like way we can help or God, because c- God is merciful and he's great. And and he'll help us with temptation. There's never a, a day where he, he'll see us being tempted and just like leave us alone and um in matthew six thirteen, it says um it's it's jesus's prayer and he's showing mm. his disciples and he says and let us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil so one of the things that we have to do in order not to be um in order to go through our temptation is praying to god like telling him to help us because we're weak we're we're never going to be strong enough to overcome our temptations by ourselves. You know, oh, sorry. Can sorry. I just, I was just yeah, going to yeah. read one verse because it's literally what she's saying. First Corinthians ten thirteen says, no temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also mm-hmm. provide the way of escape mm-hmm. that you may be able to endure it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sure. There's temptation, but God says like, hey, this is nothing new. Don't trip. But sometimes we feel like it, right? Something yeah. happens to us and it's the end of the world. We feel like we're drowning. But God is saying, Lord, this is nothing new and I know you can take it. Here's the exit. But sometimes we're blind, right? We're yeah. like, oh, can't see the exit. <laughs> Covering our eyes on purpose. Shirley. Oh, sorry. The drive and then Shirley. Yes, sorry. I was just going to add on to what uh, oh, Jenny bad. was saying. I thought you went like this. She was saying that prayer is kind of like a defense uh, against uh, temptation. So another defense mm. that I see is the word. If you know the word well enough, like Jesus did in Matthew 4, 3 through 6, I believe. It says, And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written. See, Jesus knew the word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So in order to fight temptation, those are already two two things that we could say is like a good defense. It's prayer and knowing the word. And you know what? Not only that, uh, what Jenny was mentioning about uh, Jesus' prayer, right? After he says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us for evil. He says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important. How you judge and treat others is how 
God treats us yeah. and judges us. So it's very important that in these, uh, if we fall into these temptations, you know, let's apologize to the Lord. But when our brother falls into temptations, they'll be like, aha, I knew it. I knew you're a sinner. <laughs> you know, we're all sinners, guys. And what they need sometimes is a hand up, not a push down. Mm. Mm, obviously, that doesn't mean like, hey, high five, you did a great job sinning. You know, good job hiding that. No, but more like, hey, don't stay there. Get up. There, let's let's lead towards the right path, right? Which I think is important. We have to um, show mercy to others. Uh, yes. Job, you want to go with your other example? Oh yes. Um, so the other example that I had uh, was the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife. So Joseph, he got tempted by Potiphar's wife. So he was chilling one day, and then Potiphar's, Potiphar's wife uh, comes in and tempts him. But what he did was something that we need to do. He ran straight out of the situation we need to run from sexual sin because it will lead us to so much trouble in first corinthians six eighteen, it says that um and so even if nothing wrong is done we could see in the story of joseph that that situation led to wrongful accusations and then he was put into the trial and so joseph we all know the story where he he stayed in the in the in the jail but the thing is that he endured through the trial like he he knew that god was gonna pick him up and he was gonna push him up again so he could start walking again and this kind of takes me back to the preaching that jorge heinz gave uh where he was talking about um the full moon and the new moon mm, like and it. like it's such a beautiful thing you want to explain it real quick Deborah? No, go for it. Okay. <laughs> so uh, he was saying that we should play our trumpets, which means several different things like evangelism, um, preaching the word, correcting our brothers and sisters. We need to play our trumpets in the day and in the night. And there's a verse in the Bible that says uh, it's, in the, it's in the new moon, the full moon, and in the day that we should play our trumpets. And that means... That even when we're in the darkness, even when we're in the trial, even when everything seems impossible and God is not with us, that is when we should play our trumpets so that God can recognize what we're doing and our effort. And so that connects me to the story of Joseph because that was Joseph's, I, I would say, his new moon because he was in jail, he was forgotten, and then that's where he was like, okay, I'm still going to do what God intended me to do which is uh, prophesied through dreams. And so this takes me back to the test and a trial because when we're in a trial, we need to push through. We need to have faith that God will take us out of that night. Persevere. Right? Persevere. Versus yeah. temptation, we have to say no and go the other way. And, you know, I, I was thinking we should talk a little bit about how different people have uh, handled temptation. And I think the the good best examples are with Jesus' disciples, right? Peter and Judas. Um, we can read the story of Peter in Matthew 26. And um, pretty much he's, uh, Jesus tells him, right, like, hey, you're going to deny me before the rooster crows three times. And Peter's like, nah, like, I love you. Don't worry. Like, me and you forever until the end. And um, when the time comes, he actually denies him, just like Jesus says. And Matthew 26, 75 says, and Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, before the rooster crows, crows you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept 
bitterly. And so here we see, right, like Peter, uh, he like, oh, my God, how could I have done that? We see that there's repentance in him versus Judas. When um, he sells Jesus, right, he starts to feel bad. He's filled with guilt. Mm. Right. But now we have to look at these two things. Guilt is an emotion. And we know that the heart is deceitful. We've talked about yeah. this. Um, you know, yeah, like, sure, you can feel bad versus about something you did. Right. Versus repentance, which is a fruit. Nice, beautiful, Jenny. And uh, repentance, it's not just like, oh, I repent. Sorry, Jesus. Amen. No, there has to be. Um, the Bible says that you have to bear fruit, be fit of repentance. Like, it has to actually prove your repentance. Right? And um, it's a complete change of mind. Um complete change of mind meaning it's no longer your mind but it's christ's mind and so i think that after we're tempted guys because we've all at one point fallen into temptation uh the only one who has been perfect is jesus right and i think job wanted to talk a little bit about how he went through his temptation but in a second when i finish this thought um and um i was gonna say that uh we all fall into temptation guys because it's difficult and because even though god shows us the exit where we should go like i say we pretend to be blind um and it's important that if we do fall into temptation, we understand, like Danny said uh, on the last podcast, right? Uh, spend some time alone. Understand why you do the things that you did. Understand why did you make the decisions that you did because you made them. We we saw the exit. We knew that it was there and we decided it was not worth it, that we would rather be tempted. Um, and I guess like receive or how do you say like do the do whatever was tempted. I, I guess go ahead with your sin, right? And it's important that if we do fall into this, understand why we did this and have a real change of mind, not just a, oh, I'm sorry, it's because I want to go back to, let's say, uh, I'm a pianist, right? And it's like, oh, I got caught in temptation and they sat me down. Oh, I can't. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm going to do all of the things that they said so I can go back and play. No, no, no. That's when we have the wrong mindset. What we want to do is we want to do all things right because we want to be good with God again. We want to understand that what we were tempted because we are weak, because we are terrible humans, right? And we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to have a change of mind. We're going to uh, renew our mind that was old. We don't want anymore. Now we want Christ's mind. And we really want to have this real change, not just be full of um, guilt and full of, uh, oh, I'm so bad, but I want to be better so that I can do the things that I did before. Sorry, Jenny, I talked too much. Go. Um, I think <coughs> I'm kind of thinking about like, like how you were saying that, that, um, oh my gosh, that temptation sometimes we we see what we see like the correct thing to do but but i think we get so stuck in our temptation at like like the verse that we says that that we read it says it comes from our own desires mm. so of course you want to stay thinking about that temptation you want to your thoughts are literally just like oh but if i did that just one time it would be okay it, yeah and it would yeah. be fun <laughs> like you would have that pleasure inside of you and but I like even when even when I go through those times, it's good. It I think a way to like kind of like help you um, steer away from your own thoughts is having someone to like talk to, like having a, a minister or a good friend who you know is constantly um, in Jesus, and like tell them like, hey, I'm 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 being tempted, or I maybe you wouldn't say it that way, but you'd probably say like. Like oh I wanted to do I want to do this and I really I really l would like to do this but and kind of just like see what they would say because sometimes 
as I said, like we want to stay thinking about the good of that temptation, that the, another person can help us see the bad of it, can help us accept the bad of it. Because if we're alone, if we just um, in our own solitude, then we're we're going to fail, like for sure. Um, you know what I'm looking for right now, Jenny? There's a, a verse in the Bible that says, think about what is good. Think about what is holy. Because like you said, dude, the more you think about something, the more you're going to want it. Yeah. Like no matter what, like, have you guys ever like thought like, okay, I want a pair of shoes. And then that's all you think about. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like for me, it's clothes. Cause I like clothes. Right. So I'm like, oh my God. Okay. I want a red leather jacket. And like, all I do is go into stores and look for that red leather jacket. <laughs> like there can be like the most beautiful, like white leather jacket. And I'm like, no, I, I literally want red. go through like everything. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you go through all of these outlets, right? Because you're um, you're actually um, thinking about this the whole entire time. And that's why the Bible, it's like, honestly, the Bible is a manual we just don't use because uh -huh. we're not reading it enough. The Bible tells you exactly what to do. Uh, let me read it to you guys. Oh, I found you the verse. Okay, go for yeah, it. So it was Philippians 4. I found it too, but you can read it. <laughs> oh, you don't have the mic. Oh, there. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Okay, so it's, it says, Brothers and sisters, continue to think about what is good and worthy of praise. Think about what is true and honorable and right and pure and beautiful and respected. Right, and that's beautiful, right? And on top of that, the Bible also says that we can, we can um, bind our thoughts to the obedience of Christ. Because what our thoughts are bound to right now is the obedience of man, our pleasures, our desires. And our desires are what tempt us. Right, so what do we have to do when we start having these thoughts like, oh my God, this is what I want, this is what I want. Number one, what I suggest is bind your thoughts to the obedience of Christ. In the name of Jesus, I bind my thoughts to the obedience of Christ. And don't think it's like one time and magic, right? Like, oh, nice, yeah. I'm no longer thinking about you it. You have to constantly tell yourself yeah, that. Yeah, constantly you're binding it. And all of a sudden you realize, oh no, you know, like, wow, I haven't thought about this in a while. And then what do you start? You don't just leave the empty, empty, you know, brain. Because then what will happen, you'll start thinking about it again. No, instead, start meditating on the word of God. Think about things that are true. Think about things that are honorable. So then you can flee from temptation. Yeah. Well, I, and Sorry. And, and another way you see, like, if you're not fleeing from temptation, it's because your flesh is taking over you. That's why Apostle Paul is saying, sorry, that's why Apostle Paul says, like, my flesh is, so my flesh is willing no my no, spirit sorry, my, my is spirit is willing but my flesh is weak yeah sorry I, I'm, I'm getting like a little like tornado right now <laughs> but, so if, if our spirit <laughs> if our flesh is like wanting to desire these bad things it's because what you're thinking about you're not thinking about the word you're not thinking about the good things but instead what you're focusing on is that sin that's controlling you and not your spirit that wants to be willing Oh, sorry. and Matthews, sorry, guys, we're passing the microphone around. Sorry. <laughs> I just don't want you guys to think this is like one, a... I just okay. want to share one little thing, because I know you guys are saying, like, the word is like a defense that you can use against sin. And uh, I've, I know that people, like, hear this and they're just like, okay, like, sure, like, whatever. And they just pass it off. But, like, I just wanted to share this little statistic that is actually, like, scientifically proven. That um, reading the Bible at least four times a week... Um, it decreases the chances of getting drunk by 57%, sex outside of marriage by 68%, pornography by 61%, and gambling by 74%. And so, like, when they say this, it's not just like, oh, like, people are just telling me this because they're all spiritual. And, like, no, like, it's actually proven and real. And, like, it actually does help. So. Well, that's, like, for the people who don't have faith. We know that the word of God is alive and 
and, and true, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's nice to hear that like even science backs it up. Because science follows God because there's no other way. The ones the ones who ruin science are humans. Because God created everything, right? Um, I was going to tell you that Joab hasn't shared it because he's not jumping in. But um, the way sure? that Jesus was tempted, every time he said, right? Uh, the word of the Lord says he fought back. And even the enemy used the word, right? Like, doesn't the, doesn't the Bible say this, right? And maybe the enemy will come like that because remember that the enemy disguises himself or herself, whatever, maybe, you know. They have a twisted identity um, and they disguise and they try to uh, act like angels of light. But no, do not be confused. That's why we have to understand our Bible and read it and actually not just be uh, applying it to whatever we think. No, we have to fight back with the word of God in the way. Sorry, I didn't mean to say no to you. I was saying no, but looking at her, so it looked weird. Um, but yeah, but we have to be able to fight what the enemy says. Don't let the enemy know more word than you. No, be like Jesus, who when he said this, he's like, nah, the Bible says this. And this is how you're applying it because you're applying it wrong, you know? Uh, I wanted to say something. Um, After Shirley? Uh, <laughs> uh, Shirley can wait. Uh, <laughs> I was going to tell you guys that uh, I was just listening to everything you said. And honestly, what I've learned, so I, I think I gave a teaching of this uh, maybe like three years ago to the youth or four years ago, because they were asking me that. They was like, what's the difference between trial and temptation? That was their question. And honestly, um, I was reading the Bible, and, and well, you, guys, you guys are talking about the temptations and everything, but honestly, what, what you guys were saying is, is sometimes sometimes we, 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 we are bound to go into temptation, right? Like that's something we, it's like going to school, right? No matter what you do, no matter how you squirm, no matter how you do it, you gotta go to school. And then sometimes I, I what I like what what what, what uh, Matthew said because <coughs> sometimes we fail in temptation because we're so ill prepared. Mm-hmm. We're not willing to prepare ourselves and equip and equip ourselves with the Word of God mm-hmm. so we can go through temptation. For example, it's just like school. You can wake up every single day and still fail your class. What happens? We just not prepared enough to go to school. And what is school? Temptations. And temptations bring endurance and hope for the trials that come through God. So I mean, I, I just I just wanted to say that because sometimes, like honestly, those statistics I've never heard them in my life. And then I wonder, like I always wondered, like, dude, why, why is it that I never want to drink? Why is it that I never want to smoke? Why is it that like we don't we're not called to that? Well, some of us are called to other things, but. Like, you never wonder, like, why you are called to one thing and not the other 17,000 bad things because of this. Because no matter what you do, at least once or twice or three times a week, you're listening to the word of God. And it's like satiating your 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 evil feelings and temptations. And, and I was going to tell you guys another thing that not only be ill-prepared, but also, guys, there's a ton of times in the Bible that it was not even the devil tempting. It was just bad situations people put themselves in and i i want you guys to understand that that just we didn't we touched it a little bit uh, last time but where you put yourself also has to do a lot of what's gonna happen like if you if like if you hang around with like a lot of like you know cocaine dealers and then you go to jail (laughs) don't be like oh this is my trial actually god didn't want you to go to jail but you're 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 hanging around with drug dealers and you you know what it's 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 uh it's so crazy because he he, there's a lot of times in the Bible that that they were just in the wrong moment, like in the wrong moments. So we have wrong to place, wrong, wrong time. place, wrong. And, and honestly, oh, I I caught myself less now doing that because I'm a little bit older. But before, I was just in the wrong time, and a lot of people got in trouble because of me. 
fairly, to be fair. But because they were the wrong time, wrong place. I would go in there and do something wrong. I will never forget that I used to do this. I used to punch this little kid. I remember I used to punch him. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just so you guys know, because just so you guys know, because it, it this to this kid, this this kid was such a good kid, and um, I would punch this other kid. And then when the kid started crying, he was like, <laughs> he couldn't speak. He was like, oh yeah, this other kid punched him. And I would leave, you know, unscathed, uh, and the other kid would be just yelled at and being, and then I would just, now that I look back, I said, he should have never hang out with me. That's the thing. <laughs> he should have. He was, <laughs> of course, and then, and then, and then as I so grew up, <laughs> and, 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 and then as I grew up, I started understanding, I was like, and then I did that a bunch of times. So we have to understand that there are bad situations that you put yourself into. There's temptations and there's trials. And temptation is the school for trials. So temptation, you have to go through it, but we have to be prepared. So in other words, like I always tell people, how are you going to go to school without a backpack? They don't, let, they don't let you go. They go, where'd you come then? Go home. Same thing here. If you're going to go around life and, how, and falling into temptation, don't forget your backpack at home, bro. Bring your backpack. Bring the word of God. And that's why Jesus was so successful in his temptation, which you can go on through it right now. Why? Because he had his spiritual backpack. And every time the devil uh, came up to him and said something, he said, what did he do? He said, wait. Backpack, 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 backpack. <laughs> and he came out and he says, what do you need? He says, I need the word of God. And the word of God was in his mouth. And what did he say? He prophesied exactly what he was reading. It, 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 I, I make it funny so you guys just kind of like get it. But in reality, what did he do? He took out his backpack. And he took something out that was already there. He didn't try to say, oh, if I memorize this verse, I'm going to do it. Or if I say 95 Hail Marys, I'll do it. No, he said it. He said what the Bible said. But he was prepared. Now my question is this, are we prepared? Mm. Sorry, this goes back to what Deborah was saying. I'm so sorry. Um, okay, so... <laughs> Even though we just said not to go back. <laughs> sorry. So Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and improve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So it's kind of crazy because God put in me to study the life of the butterfly also. And I want to say a few things. And it says, Some caterpillars are colored to resemble the plants on which they feed and often mimic plant parts, such as thorns, thereby thereby conforming to their environment. And if you've ever seen a, cut a, a, a caterpillar, they're disgusting. They're really, really gross. Oh, they're cute. <laughs> they're really, they're really lovely. <laughs> and so um, the butterfly and a moth develop through a process called metamorphosis. I know that sometimes, well, in this verse, we think of metanoia, which is a change of mind. But sometimes we also need that complete transformation. And that Greek word metamorphosis means transformation or change in shape. And I also want to say that caterpillars are born sexless, which means they're not male or female, which means, what can we look at that? means that they're born without identity. And I want to read you 2 Corinthians 5, 17, which says, Therefore, if anyone in Christ has a, is, he is a new creation, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new few more things i want to say in the transformation <laughs> stage which is the pupa when they're in the cocoon this stage can last from a couple weeks to even as long as two years um so it's kind of beautiful that caterpillars are born to crawl but once it turns into a butterfly mm. it's reborn to fly and who beautiful who in the bible 
did God tell that they were going to crawl on their bellies? Yes. So Genesis 3.14 says, So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you've done this, cursed all you above livestock and all wild animals, you will crawl on your belly and you will eat the dust of the days of your life. So I also thought of, I'm like, do you think if a caterpillar and a butterfly were to look at each other, do you think they'd recognize each other? Of course, like, for example, dogs, like, they're animals, they'll be like, hey, like, I know you, we're the same creature, but if a caterpillar, a caterpillar and a butterfly, if they were to meet each other, they won't recognize each other. So in the same thing with us, like, once we come to Christ and once we're, once we're born again, we should be able to look at our past self and say, hey, you're unrecognizable to me. Mm. And that's the thing and you know you might be saying okay surely this is beautiful but what are you trying to say with this that in the in the cocoon, so. that, that, that um once the caterpillar is in the cocoon in the transformation stage and the pupa you know it might look to someone from the outside you know there's nothing going on in there but there are major things happening in there and you know for example um, Joab might be in his cocoon in his process and me from the outside might be you know what's going on in there but he in his world it might be going through trials tribulations which is what going to strengthen him and going to transform him and he's going to go through a metamorphosis which is going to he's going to be reborn to fly he's going to become that butterfly that maybe once to someone else was a caterpillar now you're unrecognizable to me and now you're a butterfly in your process in your cocoon and you know sure oh sorry what are we talking now? Uh, I was going to say, Shirley, that I think that's awesome, right? Because even when they're changing, I'm sure there's pain. I'm sure it's not just like easy peasy, lemon squeezy, right? No, it's probably difficult to change, to go from something to something completely new. And I'm also sure it's hard to break out of the cocoon. It's not just like super easy process and they're just like, okay, open cocoon. I'm ready to fly out, right? And then that same way, we have these sufferings, these trials, right? Not temptation anymore. Temptation doesn't lead to good. Temptation is pick yes, no, bad. If you pick yes. <laughs> but trial is what we're talking about, that the sufferings are worth something. And what's, uh, what's, uh, it's what Paul writes in Romans 8, 18. I consider our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. In that same way, maybe the caterpillar feels kind of a little bit funky, right? Like, oh, I'm not that cute, according to Shirley. You know, <laughs> self-esteem really low. But it cannot compare to what I'm going to be. That, that glory, that's the one that I want. And I think that's what we're all hoping for, guys. That one day we see, you know, the glory of God and that we have given the uh, stature of the perfect man or reached the stature of the perfect man. And that we can be this beautiful butterfly that once had to crawl and now can fly. It's because I was going to tell you that everybody, everybody needs this. Everybody, life wouldn't be complete if we don't have trials and temptations. Mm. It, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's yeah. part of life. Just as, and honestly, this, this has been, uh, been a very uh, taken away from our our daily life this generation because now everything wants to be easy everything for example um what happens if you're bored you go to netflix like you're so instantly gratified you're so instantly you want to be entertained at all moments that you don't have and if you're not if you're not on netflix guess what you go tiktok you go instagram you go snapchat you you're always so instantly gratified that we're losing the cocoon part we're losing the trial we're losing the temptation part and what happens is that we have to stand against it we have to say no you know what i, I seen this i seen this thing and i think i love it because we have to enjoy the process we because if you're so if you're so caught up if you're so caught up on getting to 
you know from point a to point b you literally might miss the whole process that you went through and say wait i got here but what what was the thing that i was supposed to learn what did i learn out of this what did i get out of this how can i be a better person and you start understanding that every process that you go to it gets even longer right because as you as you grow the processes get longer and thicker and And so i want you guys to understand that and the temptations become thicker because uh for example a young man the temptation might be you know some stuff but as an older man now there's money in your pocket now you have a car now you can afford a lot more things now you can hide sins a lot better yeah Yeah. and i i always told you that easier right fornication when you're 30 years old becomes pie i'm gonna go get a hotel which hotel does the girl want let's do it wherever you want and then now i'm look back i I, you know now i look back and i'm like you know like those are those those are horrible things that now i have and not that i do it (laughs) but you know that that those those are open doors that i have and i'm just like no god i don't want that take that take that away i don't want that i don't want that i don't want that i don't want that and you have to choose and you have to kind of like like enjoy the process that you have and sometimes they take they take things away from you you know like you uh they uh they chisel th- parts that you thought that were important that weren't important mm-hmm. and you know what you have to do look at it and, and give it like a <sighs> move it along yeah because honestly that's the way it is that's the way it is. and that's why the difference of trial and temptation is this in temptations you don't lose anything no, well you lose uh your, your spiritual life right you get further from god but in trial you start losing everything you don't need one you lose things you don't need and the other one you lose things that you actually need which is your spirituality go ahead um i was gonna uh, say a verse it's romans 5 3 and on it says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly god loves us because he has given us the holy spirit to fill our hearts with his love when we were utterly helpless christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good but god showed his great love for us by sending christ to die for us while we were still sinners so this verse kind of backs up what you're saying like um it's while we're going through all these trials it's gonna be hard but the outcome is beautiful like it'll all be worth it the trials and temptations right? yeah and i think that's a beautiful way to end this podcast guys with that promise that at the end we're gonna have a hope that we cannot we should not and we would not have to be ashamed of uh thank you guys for listening in we hope that you guys like this podcast don't forget to like us don't forget to follow us on instagram i don't think we have facebook but if we did that would i would want you guys to like us on there too (laughs) um i think we also have tiktok but i'm not sure i'm not a tiktoker wink wink um uh, but yeah god bless you guys and have a beautiful rest of your wednesday